Welcome to Bound to Reading. My name is Jackson Slater, and I'm a high school student at Choate Rosemary Hall. In this podcast, I will be summarizing books I've read and sharing with you the valuable lessons I've learned from them. I will also be using this podcast as a space to reflect on those books. Published in 2005, Keith Ferrazzi's book titled Never Eat Alone and Other Secrets to Success, One Relationship at a Time, is chock full of strategies on how to network and connect with people. I read this book in February of 2022 and I found it full of lessons relevant to today, even though it was published in 2005. So let's jump straight in. What distinguishes highly successful people from everyone else? It is the way that these people use relationships. They use them in a way so that everyone wins. Farazi demonstrates time and time again that connections will get you farther than raw skill alone, something I myself have seen in the real world. First off, connecting is never boring. It should be fun and rewarding and something you're passionate about. The moment it becomes tedious or feels like a chore, you are doing something wrong and might need to alter your mindset. Second off, a relationship-driven career is not only good for you, but also good for the companies you work for because everyone benefits from your own personal growth. However, they are also good for you as an individual. As Farazi says, the very successful people I know are, as a group, not especially talented, education or char- educated, or charming but they all have a circle of trustworthy, talented, and inspirational people whom they call upon. No one gets ahead in this world without a lot of help, and everyone has something to teach you. Your relationships with others are your finest, most credible expression of who you are and what you have to offer. Okay, okay. Now, before you go out and connect with everyone you see on the street, you need to first develop some career and networking goals. The more specific you are about what you want to do, the easier it becomes to develop a strategy to accomplish it. Also, I lied. Developing goals is not the first thing you need to do. First, write down your dreams. Where, is it do you, where do you want to end up? In the case of me and other younger people listening, what do you want your career to look like? What are you interested in as both an interest and as a career? Ask yourself these kinds of questions and write the answers down. It's very important to write the answers down. Okay. So now that you've done that, you found your dream, you, you've identified where you ultimately want to go. Find your blue flame, where passion and ability intersect. Write a list of everything you are interested in and a list of everything you are good at. Find intersections in the two lists. This is where you will want to focus your energy all throughout your life. And now that you've done that, put your goals to paper. These goals should be believable, but also challenging and demanding. If your goals don't work out for whatever reason, set new ones right away. Now, once you have your goals, now you can start thinking about who is gonna help you achieve them. You want to build a network before you need your network. To kickstart your network, start connecting with people you already know, not strangers. But remember, setting out to know someone inevitably means understanding what their problems are and what their needs are. You will come to learn that networking is all about what you can give to the other person. That is why we don't keep track of favors. Generosity will get you far in the world of networking. Next, make it a point to be audacious in social situations. Take the risks involved with connections. Learn to transcend the riffraff of polite chit-chat. Remember, your goal at any event, party, function, or social interaction is to transform what could be a forgettable encounter with someone into a blossoming friendship with them. Track the names and information of people you know, meet, and want to meet. To start, list everyone, and I mean everyone, in your existing network. Then make some aspirational contacts, extremely high-level people for whom you just want to meet. 
Maybe you'll get to meet them someday. Now, before you meet people, you must research them. This will come more into handy during your career and less in handy during high school. Google the person you are meeting. Learn about their job. Learn about their industry. Just as if you would come prepared to a meeting, come prepared to meet people. Now, this is especially important during cold calls. Cold calls are all about having an attitude and doing your research beforehand. In cold calling people, you want to be able to give them something to add to their life or company. Thus, Farazi has four rules. One, convey credibility by naming a reference. Two, state your value. How are you going to add to their life? Three, impart urgency and convenience. Don't talk too much and don't talk at someone. And four, be prepared to offer a compromise that, at the very minimum, secures a definite follow-up. The most important of these rules is the first one. Credibility is the first thing you want to establish in any interaction. Put yourself in their shoes. The person you're talking to doesn't care if they're talking to a nobody. By establishing credibility, you are putting yourself on a more level playing field as them. However, half the difficulty in reaching out to others is actually reaching somebody at all. Thus, be friendly to assistants and colleagues. They are an extension of who you are trying to reach. You will come to learn that secretaries and assistants are more than just helpful associates to their bosses. This leads to Farazi's next lesson. Always respect the gatekeeper's power. Treat them with the dignity they deserve. Once you respect their power and their importance, and you turn them into allies with respect, humor, and compassion, there will be few gates that aren't open to you. When you do get to meet someone with whom you want to establish a relationship, take the extra little step to ensure that you won't get lost in their mental attic. When it comes to meeting people, it's not only about who you know, but also how and where you know them. You want to be memorable. Follow-up is the key to success in any field. Give people a reason to follow up with you and make following up with people a habit. This is super important and is one of the book's biggest takeaways. Next up is a section that might apply to some more than others, professional conferences. Those who use conferences properly have a huge leg up at your average industry gathering. The goal here is to, as I mentioned before, transcend the frivolous chit-chat and really get to the meat and potatoes of the event. Talk to people above you, people who have things that you want. If you're going to talk to the headline speaker, do so before they speak, because after, they will be swarmed by other people. I'm not going to touch too much more on conferences, because that's not the focus of what I want to share, so we're going to move on. Now, the most efficient way to enlarge and tap the full potential of your circle of friends is to connect your circle with someone else's through a two-way partnered relationship. Find a central figure in worlds you want more access to and become networking partners with them. You and the person you are sharing contacts with must be equal partners that give as much as they get. You must be able to trust your partners because you, your vouching for them and their behavior with your network is a reflection of you. Also, never give any one person complete access to your list of contacts. I'll leave that one up for more interpretation. Additionally, and most importantly, Never, ever forget who introduced you to someone else, because it will come back you in the butt. Another key to success with people is learning the power of nonverbal cues. Some good tips here are to remember your manners, to have a hearty smile, to maintain a good balance of eye contact, to relax, to nod your head and lean in slightly, and to learn to make slight physical contact. For example, try, try shaking with two hands enthusiastically. Also, always be the first person to say hello. 
Now, whether you spend five seconds or five hours with a new contact or acquaintance, make the time count. You don't want to waste anyone's time, and you definitely don't want to waste your time. So, when meeting someone new, be prepared to have something to say. For example, a hobby like cars or cooking or talking about current events. However, remember that in order to, uh, to establish a lasting connection, small talk needs to end on an invitation to continue the relationship. Establish a verbal agreement to meet again. Based on who you're talking to, you must adjust how much about yourself you reveal. Farazi calls this your Johari window. Everyone's Johari window can be more or less open depending on the circumstances. By adjusting your behavior to mirror the person you're talking to, including adjusting your Johari window, they'll automatically feel more comfortable. The only way to get people to do anything is to make them feel important. This is why you shouldn't overlook your relationship with anyone in your life. The key to creating deeper, longer-lasting bonds is to understand someone else's mission. What are their ulterior motives? What do they expect to get out of a relationship with you? There are three things in this world that engender deep emotional bonds. Health, wealth, and children. Health. How can that person stay healthy? Wealth. How can that person increase their wealth, either personally or philanthropically? And children. How can that person ensure the best future possible for their children? If you can help someone th with one of these fundamental issues, you can accomplish two things. First, you can help someone fulfill the needs they, they need most. Second, you allow them the opportunity to move up the pyramid of needs to tackle some of their higher desires. Okay, changing topics a little here. Now, regardless of the fact that company loyalty is a diminishing value these days, personal loyalty remains the hallmark of any strong relationship. Too many people think an invitation alone is enough to engender loyalty. It is not. The most powerful people in this world got to where they are today through an exchange of open favors and intelligence. They are generous. This leads me to my next main takeaway from Never Eat Alone. The best kind of connecting occurs when you can bring together two people from entirely different worlds slash industries. Thus, you should connect with people in different professions and social groups than you. Those people have the power and resources to bring vastly new perspectives to your eyes. Another important lesson, stay in touch with your connections. This doesn't mean you have to talk to every person in your contacts every day. That depends on their network category and their connection frequency. Okay, so what are those? First, divide your network into five categories. Personal, including good friends and social acquaintances, customers, prospects, important business associates, and aspirational contacts. Then, divide your network into three categories of connection frequency. One, people you are actively involved with, whom you contact monthly. Two, casual acquaintances or people you already know well. You can contact them quarterly. And three, people you don't know well, contacted annually, perhaps on their birthdays. Divide your network into lists, organized by, for example, geography, industry, interests, etc. This is how you will keep track of who's who. Build the concept of reaching out to people into your workflow and try to make any message as personal as possible. Maintaining a secondary relationship requires two to three messages a year, apparently. Also, always connect with people on their birthdays. It goes a long way, especially later in life. For example, something I've been trying to do more of recently is put people's birthdays into their contacts on my phone so their birthday will show up on my calendar. Let's move on to a topic that is more useful during your professional career than as a student dinner parties. If you only ever have dinner parties with the same people, your circle of relationships will never grow. 
However, you shouldn't invite strangers to dinner parties either because you don't know them well enough. As outlined in the book, here are some tips for creating successful dinner parties. Have fun. Create a theme. Use invitations. If you can't hire a caterer, then either cook all the food ahead of time or use takeout. Create a good atmosphere. Forget being formal and don't, sit see, don't see couples next to each other. And most importantly, relax. Okay, next major topic, being a person of content. This means having a unique point of view, but also one that is well thought out. Being interesting and having content are two different things. Being interesting is talking intelligently about whatever you need as a ticket of admission to any conversation. On the other hand, content is a cause, idea, trend, or skill that you have a unique depth of, depth of knowledge on. Your expertise, if you will. Be known for something and make that thing unique. Now this ties back into setting yourself apart from everyone else, which is useful in so, so many facets of life. What will set you apart from everybody else is the relentlessness you bring to learning and presenting and about and selling your content. Thus, you must immerse yourself in your content, know everything there is to know about it. But remember, there's a huge learning curve to get up to speed on your content, and it is a curve you must be prepared to climb. Here are 10 tips to help you become an expert. One, get out in front and analyze the trends and get opportunities on the cutting edge. Two, ask yourself steamingly stupid questions. Three, know yourself and your talents. Four, always learn. Five, stay healthy. Six, don't get discouraged. Seven, be passionate about what you do. Eight, know the new technology. Nine, develop a niche. 10, follow the money. Now you've got to figure out what exceptional expertise you're gonna master that will provide real value to your network and to your company. The bottom line of your content must be to make your company more money. Your content will become the North Star, the guiding star of your brand, helping to integrate all of your connecting efforts around a uniform and powerful mission. In terms of branding, be distinct or be extinct. To become a brand, you've got to become relentlessly focused on what you do that adds value. Develop a personal branding message, one that comes from your, your content and unique value. But remember, your personal branding message is ultimately the cultivation of a mindset. Your message is always an offshoot of your mission and your content. It should include a list of words that will enhance the impression you want to make. The most important thing with marketing is to package that brand in a style that stands out. No one's gonna remember someone bland, something bland, especially in 2022. You have to craft an appearance to this outside world that will enhance the impression you want to make. And remember here, above all, broadcast your brand. You need to look the part and live the part. If you have a solid personal branding message but no one knows about it, then you failed. You should view the exposure of your brand as a PR campaign. It is my personal opinion that PR, branding, and marketing yourself is more important now than ever because of the advent of social media and the rise of short-form short content like TikTok. Now let's take a short detour. If the rest of the world isn't familiar with how good you are, then you and your company are only gaining part of the benefit. Learn to extend your reach and level of outside recognition be, because people known beyond the walls of their own cubicle have a greater value. If you hide your accomplishments, they'll remain hidden. But that doesn't mean go around to everyone bragging about your accomplishments. No one likes that. 
However, if you don't promote yourself, however graciously, no one else will. Okay, back to viewing the exposure of your brand as a PR campaign. Now you wanna create buzz about your company. Think of buzz as marketing on steroids. Once buzz starts, word of mouth carries that thing way farther than the marketing. Leverage the power of the media, both traditional and social, to get buzz about your, your brand. Farazi says that if you can help make journalists' lives easier, you will have a better time with the media. But remember here, as in every other section of this book, you have to be realistic. Your PR campaign must start small. Thus, you have to start building relationships with the, with the media before you have a story. Establish yourself as a willing and accessible source of information to journalists, and the hours you put in developing relationships with them will pay off. Also, you are your own best PR representative, so you should manage your own media. Easy, right? Here are four good tips to help succeed with the media. Know the media landscape. Work the angles. Think small and make the reporter happy. Learn to be brief in both your written and over-the-phone pitches. Brevity is cherished in the media. But don't be annoying here either. There's a fine line between marketing yourself property and being egotistical and annoying. And remember, everything you say is on the record. Everything. Not all press is good press, even if they spell your name right. Treat journalists as you would any other member of your network or circle of friends. With marketing, above all, remember that all your efforts at publicity, promotion, and branding need to feed into your mission and not into your ego. There's no limit to the ways that you can go about enhancing your profile and publicity. Writing articles can be a great boost for your career. All right, let's move on to the next section, celebrities. Celebrities have a disproportionate degree of influence over the group they inhabit. That is why it is important to try to make them part of your network. Too, but however, too much fuss and adoration over them will kill your efforts before you even begin. Instead, you want to solidify a trust between you and the person. Trust is the essential element of mixing powerful and famous people. Now, to assure celebrities and powerful people that, you've, that you're in it for themselves rather than what the public perceives them to be, Stay away from their fame and focus on their interests instead. It's worth being associated with powerful people because people recognize names. The public, that is. If you're associated with a known name, soon yours could become known too. Now, once you've put yourself in a position to connect with the famous and powerful, the key is to not feel as if you're undeserving or an imposter. In politics, the unknown person you help today could be the political heavyweight that can help you tomorrow. Who knows? People are always in a hurry to congregate with other people with similar interests, to make a difference in their communities, and to create an environment that makes it easier to do big business. For example, take golf. Golf is the sport of America's business elites. It truly is the business sport and will help you develop countless connections and personal relationships. Now remember, even a Harvard MBA is no substitute for personal initiative. Go out there, conquer the world. Don't let a little vanity seep into your actions or excite more expectations or create a deeper sense of entitlement, though. Side note here. Commitments aren't commitments unless everyone involved knows what's on the table with absolute clarity. Okay, let's move on to the, our next subject of conversation. Mentors. Finding a mentor, or as my mom likes to call it, a sponsor, is very important because of just how far that person can take you and the skills and knowledge that they can teach you. According to Farazi, no process in history has done more to facilitate the exchange of information, skills, wisdom, 
and contacts than mentoring. However, mentoring is a two-way relationship. You must also provide value to their life for them to provide value to yours. Finding a talented, experienced mentor willing to invest time and effort in you as a person and as a professional is far more important than making career decisions based purely on salary or prestige. A successful mentorship needs equal parts utility and emotion. Mentoring is a non-hierarchical activity that transcends careers and can cross all organizational and bureaucratic levels. Throw back to earlier in this episode when I talked about generosity and giving as much or more than you receive. This applies here too. As much as you stretch yourself by reaching up, be sure that you are stretching yourself just as far back to reach back and help others. If you take mentoring seriously and give it the time and energy it deserves, you'll soon find yourself involved in an important learning network. Let's wrap up this talk about my let's wrap up my talk about this book by talking about the balance and summarizing what Farazi has to say on it. First off, a balanced schedule is a myth. The most successful people can do what they do for the hours they do it because they love doing it. Connecting isn't just part of your career. It's a way of life. It's a mindset. But balance is also a mindset. Life is about work. Work is about life. And both are about people. And remember, technology is no substitute for personal face-to-face relationships. If I could only share one lesson with you, the biggest lesson I took from Keith Ferrazzi's Never Eat Alone is that life would be life is less a quest than it is a quilt and i'll leave you with that thank you